Hi, I'm Austin, and this is Dungeons and Drake on Beans. Previously on Dungeons and Drake and Beans, Cameron's bird's eye view allowed him to see the city grids as the lights blink and flicker throughout the surrounding neighborhood. As he circled above the rooftops, dropped directly below him in a Mustang was a teenage girl, Dylan, sitting behind the wheel. His thoughts echoed into her own head, informing her that all of the easy routes away from her home were cut off. Jumping north, the very perpetrator that caused the light show was riding in the back seat of a car. In the front seat sat what appeared to be a teenager, around that same age, and then a young adult man. They, of course, were no such thing. In their natural form, they were ancient android beings that resembled dogs that walked upright, made of ivory and steel. As alien as they may have been, the topic at hand was humans. Young, slight, unruly blonde curls, barefoot, and in skin-tight clothes, Zack rode along and sat under scrutiny of an ancient programming as he answered questions about morphing sentient beings. When would he? Why would he? Is he fine with that? As the verbal sparring was occurring below, we pan up to the skies, and two birds flap in the chilling night air towards a huge structure jutting out of a cliff face. Below them are rows of cars honking and bumper to bumper, crawling as they try to safely navigate the gridlocked town. Subject to no such restrictions, they travel quickly. Spiraling up the height of the tower, they are, one, they are there one moment, and a blink later, they are gone. They slipped in through a gap in the telescope, into a control room. A touchscreen illuminates, and the white Roboto font displays, unknown number. As Dylan swipes up, she hears the panicked voice of her father, calling from the neighbor's phone. He tells her he needs to call an Uber as quickly as possible. Dylan wastes no time in cracking jokes about the idea of calling an Uber, but does turn her car around under the guise of helping him. As the neighbor watches him hustle back into the house, she shakes her head and turns back into her own home, which is quiet, in direct contrast to the horrific crash as a large bird shatters, or close to shatters, the window. A phone screen lights up again, reading this time, Giorgio A. Sukalos. Dylan answers it again, and her father isn't in any less of a panic state, but this time it's because there's a giant bird laying lifeless outside the window. Dylan pulls the car into the driveway, tosses down the keys, and runs into the yard where her dad is standing over this waylaid bird. Trading places, Dylan picks it up, the beak shattered, and she gently carries him behind the shed, while her dad bolts to the new car. As the bird starts to twitch and move, the car also roars to life, and as it tears out of the driveway, there's now two people standing behind the shed. As Zack flaps up into the night sky, he leaves his friends behind. Seeing a large box truck moving quickly up towards the observatory, Zack dives and wraps his talons into anywhere he can find purchase. As he catches one of the rivets, he is able to stabilize himself a bit, but below him, there are strange noises coming from the truck, and ahead of him, someone familiar. If Axemili and Savannah were to look out the window of the office, they might see that box truck winding its way towards them, but they did not. Instead, they were focused on Axemili beginning to, to wind the Z-Space transponder into the human technology. As he worked, Savannah flapped up to go and find the power switch. They had to turn this telescope on. Back across town, the tires of the Black Mustang screech to a halt and slide some on the pavement, before they change direction and start to slowly back up. Dylan slides the icon to hang up her phone, and as she puts it in her pocket, her dad brings the car to a stop in front of her. She's holding her arm as blood drips down, and then she gets in and buckles up. Adding to the physical injury, Dylan notices some text messages coming through that her dad keeps swiping away and decides to bring up some emotionally volatile moments. Who is Michelle? While they start having the heart to heart over this, Zack is going head to head with the wind. He is buffeted down against the top of the truck. He crouches, timing it perfectly, launching up and hurtling towards the tower. He manages to pull it off, and he soon joins 
Savannah and Aximili, warning them of the incoming Horkbisher that he heard in the truck. Zack and Aximili begin to rapid-fire toss ideas back and forth. How are they going to wipe what Dylan's dad had found from the system? And how are they going to get this call out to the Andalites? As they're exchanging plans, Savannah slips out the door with the faint sound of crushing, grinding bone behind her. And that's where we are now. My name is Dylan. My name is Cameron. My name is Zach. My name is Savannah. My name is Aximili Escaluth Estill. We can't tell you where we live. Or our last names. You're all in danger. Very real danger. The Yerks are infesting more people every day. There's too many of them. I'm not even sure if we can win. Oh, we can't win. Try. Maybe we can't. But we can fight. Our only hope is to hold them off until help comes. Who can know how long that will be? We have only one weapon. The Andalite morphing technology. And that's the ability to turn into any creature that we can touch. I still can't believe it. It's insane. I know. We were given this power by a brave ally named Alfangor. 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 Alfangor, who went against his people's wishes. He broke his people's laws. We fight for him. But we also fight for you. And for others. We fight for the entirety of Earth. Yeah, we've gained allies, but Matea. we've lost people along the way, too. We've learned not to trust anyone. Not anyone. Nobody. Anyone. Anyone can be a Yerk. A controller. Even you. Hopefully it matters. Zach. Sorry. As you are looking at this door and you see it just close as Savannah has went out, you hear in your head, Zach. I know Savannah wants us to work on clearing Dylan's father, but I need to get this Z-Space transponder installed. I need to talk to my people. I hear you, bro. Um, can we do both? That is exactly what I was thinking. Perfect. You work on hacking the system and I'll finish this. If you need any help, tell me. No, um, I might. We'll see. You, uh, you see him, like, kind of kneel back down and start to go work, to work under the console. I'm going to start um, trying to get into that cloud that we talked about, like, where all the central, the, like, the central data repository for the telescope to see. If I can get into that, then I can, I can start working there. So this username comes up for you to log in. You try to do, I get, were you trying to do, like, your brute force or what did yeah, if I can just use my brute force password generator, I will I will try that first. It's access denied. Dylan, you pulled through like the last stoplight you need to before you get to Westside Hospital and your dad's just like, What the hell is going on with this traffic? I don't know, I told you it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like these lights, they're just almost random. Some of them are just off. As he, like, kind of pulls off the street and into the parking lot of the hospital, uh, you see an entire section of the wall is missing. 
and part of the building looks like the whole side of it is just shut down and they're rebuilding. There's even like outside construction equipment and inside. It's it's everywhere here. As you guys are pulling in and he's finding a spot, he says, eh, this place isn't all the way back up and running again. Their whole surgical wing was destroyed. What the hell happened? I don't know. They said it from what I heard. I heard it from Roger. You know, he works. I talk to him every day when I come in. He said that there was some kind of explosion and a mix up of drugs or something, some kind of doses. There was a, a lot. The patients there, too, because of this mix up, were all given wrong doses and of controlled meds. That's I'm, I wrote in my notes. Pause for that means medicine, and nobody did it. Because <laughs> you just have to say it, Austin. <laughs> You're the you have to be the one that says it. Yeah, I know, but I wasn't gonna this time. I was gonna see if anybody else. You gotta you gotta set us up for that. You yeah. can't just expect us well, to I do li- your bit. I literally did. Say hey, Austin, I expected Austin, it anyway. Austin, what does meds mean? Oh, it means medicine. <laughs> uh, the people that were on the meds, they all claimed they saw animals fighting people. And what's strange is they all described the same animals. But they also said they saw that this blue deer or something helping them fight. I don't know. Anyways, one of the janitors that was there, he had been like switching and stealing drugs and supplies. One of those tank things that they use for anesthesia ruptured and exploded and that's how the drugs got mixed up. And he died. That's crazy. Yeah. He killed a couple of other people too with that explosion. Oh. Yeah, but it... From what I hear, they have the uh, southern wing running, so you should be able to get that arm looked at. And he does uh, take a glance at it. I mean, it doesn't look like he got you too bad, but we should still get it looked out. Wild animal, you never know. Yeah, I mean, I I doubt the bird had rabies, but s- still. He might have something else. Like poop talons. That's, yeah. Those are gross. Yeah. And then he kind of pulls in parks and gets ready to get out. Savannah. Uh, As your body is starting this change and your bones are crunching, uh, you move down the the stairs um you get to a landing and you see stairs that go keep going down the other way uh do you keep moving there's a door there correct there's a door at the bottom of the steps to the next floor down mm-hmm. yeah i want to try that door you get there grab the handle as you see your hand is changing but you still have enough of the fingers to grab the handle pull down. Oh, that's right. It's raptor handles. Yeah, yeah. Raptor handles. 
and it opens up. In this room, you see a big box, the server box that you saw before. And it also has these decorative gears all over it, like you saw upstairs. In this room, as you come down and you're facing towards this box, you see a door to your left and another door to right to the right of you that leads to another stairwell. I mean, I'm going directly to that to that server box in quotations in front of me and trying to open it up. Just as you go to like feel around to open this door, hands gone. And, okay. And your weight pushes you forward and you, with a, a loud thud, I hit the floor. You feel like you can still kind of maneuver around a little bit. Like you're just starting to get heavier now. How's my face doing? It hasn't changed much yet. Bummer, man. Uh, okay. Uh, so I think the only other thing I'll want to do, I'm, there's not much time left. Uh, just quick look at that staircase while I'm in here. The one that's directly to the right that seems to be a new stairwell. You can see through that little window now and see that it is a stairwell. All right, Max will make his row. He kind of moves one of his stock eyes to look at you and he looks to the screen, Zach. And he says, you okay up there? Yeah, my like first attempt didn't work. I'm gonna try something else. Okay. I'm just gonna try to be a little more um, graceful with it. What's the word I want? Fluid? Rather than brute forcing, the opposite of that. Finesse. I'm, be- I'm gonna try to be nice with it. Man, it's pretty nice. You don't exactly get the password and the username or anything, but you backdoor that and get through. It opens up the screen and you see a desktop with icons on it. There's Microsoft Word, there's... Okay, so I'm into like the uh, the server's like sort of core computer, like normal computing. Yes. I do like a search for repository, data, like I just start looking for stuff. Like a basic Windows search, telescope records, data. I go and I start looking for like the where the biggest folder is. Or often used links. That's another good thing I might try. You're going back to work on this computer. As you're searching through and you use the recently open programs and your search terms and all that, you find a data repository and it's another program that you have to log into. Yeah, start start working on that. Dylan, mm-hmm. as you guys have gotten into the waiting room. They gave you a clipboard. You had to put your information on it and you're now just waiting to see somebody. Your dad's just kind of been on his phone uh, most of the time. Every now and then you guys will have a conversation. How far away are we from like all of the stuff that's broken? You don't know the hospital too well, like the ins and outs of it, but you think maybe a 10 minute walk navigating through the inside of the hospital. It's probably less than 500 feet. Dylan is going to uh, nudge her dad with her foot and say, um, I'm going to I'm gonna go pee. On the way back, I'm going to grab a snack. Do you anything? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Do you have a five just in case he doesn't take a card? As on his phone as you're talking, he says, oh, yeah. And he like reaches in and his wallet pulls out a $10 bill and gives it to you. Hey, big spender. All right. Thank you. Yeah. 
He says, uh, all right, try to, try to hurry. I don't want him to miss you. Okay, tell him if I get blood everywhere, it's their fault. <laughs> yeah, I will. And she's going to take off. Yeah, you go down the hall. You come to, like, a T intersection, and left is the bathrooms. Uh, right is the elevators and the stairs. I'm going to, like, dip in the bathroom for just a second, long enough to grab some paper towels. Got some. And hold them against my arm, like, just in case. How bad is this wound? How bad is this scratch? Oh, I don't think it's too bad at all, but, like, it's a fresh wound, so there is some blood. Yeah, so as you dab it, it there's, like, a line of blood that appears on the paper towels. Just going to keep from getting blood anywhere, and then I'm going to head out toward the wreckage, toward the damage. You make your way through the halls and... You get to, like, a pair of double doors, and you can kind of see through this window of these double doors. And when you look past, the lights are on on part of the hallway, but they're out on the very end of the hallway. And you see, like, tape up and, like, buckets with bags of, like, plaster set to the side of them. Things like that. Just uh, construction-type shit. She's going to go down to that end of the hallway where it's dark. And try and see if she can, like, pull back up a side of that plastic sheeting and peek behind. You get there. Uh, do you want to be quiet about it? Yes. Roll me a stealth check. Wish I'd have said no. <laughs> Wish I'd have said no. You get to the plastic and you gently start to peel it back so you can look through. And as you do, you hear above you. And wherever it's hanging just crashes down in front of you. You hear like this metal pole hit down on this towel floor and it just clangs and echoes through the halls. It seems like though nobody heard and the coast is clear. Cool, 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 cool. She's going to take a couple of steps into that area. It's pretty dark in here. So it's hard to see as you kind of like look around. In the immediate around you vicinity, you see like different color lines that are on like the floor and the upper part of the wall. And right beside you, there's a huge hole just in the wall and you kind of look through it, but you can't see too far because it's dark. I pull out my phone and turn on the flashlight. As you turn, a flashlight illuminates you and blinds you for a second and you hear a man's voice say, hey, what are you doing back here? I'm looking at it. No, come on. You can't be in this in this part of the wing, in this part of the hospital. And he starts to walk towards you. You should do something about... The, it's, like, not safe back here. Yeah, that's why there's the tape up and the... What tape? He looks at the ground. This stuff that you knocked over... Ah. I heard it. Mm. Oh, and he, like, flashes his light around. And some, somebody else is here that knocked it over. <laughs> Come on. Uh. Yeah, she walks back toward him. He's trying to, like, lead you back the way you came. Hey, I, gotta, I have to stop and get snacks. I said I was going to stop and get snacks. I got to do that. Well... I think there's a vending machine down down back of the way you came. Sweet. I got it from there. 
Got it from where? Like I, like I can handle my, I can walk myself back oh. to the emergency room where I'm going to get help for my cut open arm. I see. And she like holds her arm up. She's like, you know, this thing that I'm already here for that didn't. Don't worry, it didn't happen here. So you didn't cut it on that pole and plastic and tape you knocked over back there. No, wink. I didn't. A wink. Just go ahead and go, and he he'll follow you back to like where the lights kind of cut off in that hallway. She's gonna like Adios, officer. He just kind of rolls his eyes and nods and turns around, goes back the, into the darkness. Savannah is trying to pour all of her concentration into not bulking up anymore and to morphing out the trunk. You concentrate and you manage to stop the bulk. And as you try to focus and push the trunk out, the tail shoots out. Then the morph stops. Okay. Um, completely stops? Like I no longer have any sort of control? Or At this moment, you, you don't know kind of what's going on. What does my body look like in this moment? You have bulked up a little bit, so... Think of, like, Savannah if she just got kind of, like, a little bit inflated. You look like a solid Savannah. You don't look like a blown-up Savannah. You look like a solid Savannah right now. Your hands have melded into, like, the elephant. Are they, are they paws, hooves? No, they're just are, feet. Feet. Just just feet. Elephant's feet. Tree trunk-like feet. Yeah. They, they are in that shape, but they're not big like a tree trunk. Your skin have, hasn't even started changing uh, to, like, the gray, leathery look yet. And you have a tail now. And that's about the... That's about so the I just look like a chonky teenager in weird elephant pajamas with no hands. Great. Uh, so what am I against here with opening up this box with the switch? So you're still trying to figure out how to how get to open this thing it. open. Yeah. yeah. So, like, to me, this is just a box. You start to look over the server this server box and you do see you do see like a little door that's flat with the uh, surface of the box and it says power supply above it you know that this is probably where you can turn this power supply on it's going to be hard to open with your hand feet how they are right now well I'll try for one of my my weird elephant feet hands you try to concentrate on your hand and get it to demorph. And your morph doesn't start. Who knew you could become a Nothlet in a second, more different way? <laughs> Zach. Uh, you see Axamilly still working every now and then one of his stock eyes will look at you. You got this program window up. What's next? This time, I'm gonna try uh, finessing it again. 
you go to start your finesse hack and it pushes you right out. It doesn't even let you get in there to start it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Deep breath and a sigh, and I guess I'm just gonna try plugging the brute forcer in again. With the brute force, you start and you put it in and try to push your way through. You see all of the uh, lights on your end go green and you, you got it. And then they all turn red and push you back out. Bitches. The program's still up. It just won't let you in. It looked like this halfway worked. So I'm gonna try to see what failed and like try to do that part again. This time you see access denied and then a lock starts to flash over the window that you're using and it minimizes and brings up like you control all delete it brings you back to the lock screen of the computer so i'm back at square one so it would seem all right i'm gonna try the same back door get back to where i was at least you hit like the inner button to try to bring up the login uh, lock flashes on the screen. Max, um, I think I fucked up. Let's see how he's doing. As you say that, he looks up with the stock eyes and he says, "What? What happened?" I was in. Um, there was a secondary security thing, and I couldn't get past that, and then it locked me out of the whole thing. You see him kind of, his body kind of breathes deep. And he says, you need me to help you fix it? Uh, yeah, like if you've got some other ideas that I don't have. You don't have to be rude about it. He looks back at the, underneath the console. Fine! And he stands up and uh, looks at the screen, hits the button, sees the lock flash, and he says, no, this won't do. And he, like, pulls up a side panel and starts to, like, mess with some wires and stuff. Um, is there anything I can do down here? Like, I could work on installation? Please do not touch it. Okay. Uh, you see him kind of spark some wires together. The lock disappears on the screen, and it's back on, like, the main window screen. And he goes back down underneath. He says, there, now you should be able to get back into it. I definitely would never have thought of that. <laughs> it's like a hot wire. Yeah, I can see that. Um, that's buck wild. All right. Um, yep, I'm just going to try again. Yeah, you bring back up the the data. It's fucking Christ. The data screen and it fucking access denied again. I'm sick of this shit, Austin. You notice uh, one out of three tries left for lockout. Like an iPhone password. Dylan, you have made your way back down the hall. You find a vending machine over there. Sweet. What do they got? Reese's, mm. uh, Lay's potato chips, <laughs> almond bar, 
payday. What do you mean by almond bar? Almond joy. Almond joy bar. Okay. All right. <laughs> payday. Hershey's kisses. It's weird they got them. Sunflower seeds. A beef jerky slide is empty. And they have honey buns. Oh. <laughs> yep. Putting the tin in. Getting a $10, ten bill buns. worth of honey buns. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. This is something I've been wanting to try. It's a new, just a general luck check that anybody can roll. I think Brennan Lee Mulligan does this. What am I rolling for you? D100. You put your 10 in and get $10 worth of honey buns, but as you, the last one that you paid for drops, the thing spins two more times and gives you uh, two extra honey buns. Listen, this isn't a crit 20, but I'm raising the roof for these honey buns. <laughs> yeah, she's like just sitting there like staring at the the honey buns in the bottom of the machine and just like, this is the best day of my fucking life. You look and peek through and that last honey bun was frosted. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, she's going to like trying to keep the paper towels on her arm and everything she's gonna like start loading them up into her other arm into the crook of her other arm and it's just like carrying them like a baby <laughs> like she gets to the door that you have to like hit the button to release it to open and she just like she's looking at the honey buns and looking at the button and then just like lifts her foot and taps the button you like are teetering with these honey buns and tap the button and the door's open your dad is still on his phone and like you take a couple steps and he kind of looks up looks takes a double take and sees you carrying all the honey buns uh stands up puts his phone in his pocket and come kind of grabs some and well you hit the jackpot i know some of these were free what you yeah. stole them no oh. well uh that's a gray area hey is it stealing from a vending machine probably well but like it dropped him. I yeah. got, I put in money and it gave me product. That seems. I'm like, gonna call it a. a it's a, it would, they were on sale. Yeah, exactly. Buy ten get some free. Get some free. How many? I don't know. How, depends on how lucky you are, I guess. Anyways, let's eat these honey buns. Fuck yeah! And she like sits down and starts cracking one open. She like starts. To, she grabs one with one hand and is like, <sighs> "I can do it." Eh. Yeah. Thank you. He's uh opens his too and he's got one hand, he's eating, and as he's texting, he says, So I had an idea and I enacted it. Oh god. Yeah. I couldn't make the meeting. But Michelle said she would show them what I found and that I can meet with them later. And that way they still get the information, they still see and, I mean, it does kind of look bad that I didn't show up, but I had to be here for you. But that's okay. When they see what I've discovered, they aren't going to care. That's great. That's yeah. that's great. Yeah, I sent her my password just now. So if she didn't have it, she could get in. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Smiles. He's texting. 
Dylan turns away and shoves a bite of honey bun in her mouth and is like reaching for her pocket to see if she brought her other phone with her. She does. She doesn't. She doesn't have the. She um. She doesn't have the burner with her. She doesn't have it with her. <sighs> Roll me a perception check. Okay. All right. This is gonna be an opposed roll. You see nothing. Nothing. She's gonna grab the one that's iced, and she's gonna look at it like, like, really longingly, and then she's gonna be like. I'm sorry you had to miss your meeting for me and hand it over to him. You can have the good one. Looks down and looks at it and his eyes kind of go wide. Hey, Dylan, it's okay. That looks good, but if you want it, you can have it. You don't have to apologize. No, you can have it. All right. If you're gonna, if you're gonna insist, and he takes it. His smile just goes wide. He looks at the phone, looks back at the honey bun, looks at the phone, looks at you, looks back at the honey bun. And he strips it open. Big old bite. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that took a lot. Of, yeah, uh-huh, you definitely didn't want that, did you? Um, uh-huh. No, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. You want a bite? It's been on your gross mouth. Yeah. And I do eat meat. Exactly. Yeah. It's like kosher. You can't cook on the same grill. I mean, it's not what that is, but okay. Yeah. Did you just call your teeth a grill? Oh my God, you (laughs) old man. You old, old man. Don't be jealous. My grill shining. Go be gross somewhere else. And she just continues to eat her honey bun. Savannah. Yeah. You're in this room. What are you doing? I think looking at the monstrosity that is her entire body right now deep sigh, and then trying once again to reverse this. You concentrate and you focus as hard as you can. Can't get the morph to start. But you do hear voices coming from the stairwell. They sound pretty far off, though. But you can hear, like, echoes. Okay. And there's two two doors to the stairwell two doors side by side. One of them has a stairwell that goes up the way you came. The other side is the door that's just right beside it leads to a stairwell that goes down. So it would be just like you're on the landing. There's just a door that separates it. Got it. And the room is the landing is what? Okay. Pretty much. Got it. Is there anything nearby that I can jam under one of the door to the immediate right? There's going to be people coming at this door preference one is she can figure out this morphing thing if she turns out this is her body forever she's looking for something heavy in place to place in front of the door okay so as you kind of like look around you stumble around in your form that you're in you see a podium on the other side that kind of has a plaque at the top 
that reads, it just gives founding information for the observatory. It's pretty hefty. Okay, cool. Can I try to move it? You wrap your arms around it, but because you don't have any fingers, it's just kind of hard and you kind of wobble it back and forth. You feel like you can move it, it's just hard to get a hold of it. Savannah's gonna try to wobble it back and forth, but she's getting angrier and angrier, and she's just, she's going to try again to jumpstart this fucking morph. You concentrate, and as your eyes close, and in your brain you can picture your body changing, you got it. You got the feeling that you've had before. You know you're about to start changing, and when you open your eyes, you see that your ham feet are still there. That's fine, because I'm going to elephant. Yeah, but you're not changing. That was Great. just all in your mind's eye. Great. Well, I wouldn't be necessarily disappointed that I still have my hand feeds here. You hear... It sounded like it came from up here. Zach. Okay. I'm doing the, uh... Just level best I can to, to get into this fucking computer. You feel like you're doing everything right. But the still access denies you. You think that this programming, it might be more sophisticated than stuff that you've messed with. Give me a technology row. 20. It's not alien. It feels like it's just really high tech human technology. Max, how you doing, man? It is coming along. Well, you know what? Of the two of us, I know that you can absolutely get your part done. And I'm going to give him an inspiration die. Thank you. I am sorry I'm being rude. I am grumpy. No, no. You haven't had a lot of sleep, man. I get it. Yeah. But none of us have. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to try something else. And uh, I'm going to go back into that side panel that he was in and see if I can figure out what he was doing with the wires and try to do something that way. You cross these wires. It's just like hot wire in a car. But... Yeah. The, the the telescope starts. Vrooms to life. I drive it away. You shock yourself. Yeah, that's that's that checks. You take out. three lightning damage. Fucking Jesus. Kind of stop back and you see the power flicker. And then come back on. And he says, what did you do? Um, I was trying to do the thing you did. I, look, I, I keep getting locked out the way that I know how to go. Yes, I don't... You may have just erased all of my progress. Please tell me I did not. Damn it. Savannah, as you, like, are messing with this podium and kind of peek around and you see... Uh, shadows of people on the landing at the bottom of the steps that, of the other door that you can look down. You see your nose start to extend and start to turn gray. 
after you feel your morph start again. How much of a trunk do I have at this point? Your trunk has just spurted out about a foot and a half. Okay, um, is my mouth impeded at this point? Do I think my thought speak is coming online? As you try to talk, you can still form some words, but they sound kind of muffled. Your tongue is starting to get bigger. What do you say? Aximili, Zach, incoming. Aximili's stock eyes are both on you, Zach, as we go back to the top floor. He says, I did not lose all the progress, but you have set me back a little bit. Sorry, man. We have ran into a little bit of a setback, but we hear you. Oscar, how long we have? How long? Have as long as I can give you here. We must hurry, Zach. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can take care of this. I need the power supply turned on. Uh, it's not on? Well, not to the telescope. Okay, where's that at? believe Savannah thought she might have seen it one floor below. Okay. Got it. No problem. So Zach's going to start morphing as he heads for the staircase. As he's morphing, he's saying like, okay, just remember, go in the, the main data repository. We want to copy the data there. And then copy that to Dylan's dad's profile, like whatever he was working on. Yes, yes. Overwrite the data with compiling data so it makes it look like it is a repeat in the sequence you got it man i'm i'm sorry i messed this up um hurry i hope i didn't send you back too bad no no time for apologies and then (laughs) zach goes and like tries to morph really fast the changes start but they are slow Dylan, you are in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Just kind of chilling, eating your honey buns. You hear, Psst. Hey, Dylan. I look around. You see, like, leaning his head out from behind, a, like, a pillar in the waiting room is this long dark brown hair hanging in front of his face and a skin tight Under Armour shirt on is Cameron. Sup? I'm here. She's going to like stand up and just like kind of look at her dad and see if he's noticing he seems to be enthralled in this conversation every now and then he looks like he has like a serious face on he's going back and forth between looking busy on his phone and then like smiling and giggling on his phone but he doesn't seem to hear cameron all right she's gonna stand up and walk over like next to the pillar and just like lean against it and sort of push him behind the pillar with her shoulder. The fuck are you doing? Uh, uh, helping? Yep. Hey, do you want me to pop the Mustang tires? No, I don't. What? Don't touch my car. Oh, okay. 
What the fuck? No. I, okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Here's what I need. Here's what I need you to do. And if you do it, I'll give you a honey bun. Dylan, it's serious right now. And there's a lot going on. Do not play with me about honey buns. I have like 12 honey buns in my possession right now. And I will give you like four of them. Five honey buns, and I'll do it. Well, I don't even know what it is, but anything's worth five honey buns. You know what? You know what? Do you know what? What? Fine, Cameron. Okay. Fine. You can have five of my hard-earned honey buns if you will please get out of here and go to the observatory and find the others and tell them that my dad's girlfriend Michelle is going to give them the information not them not them not not our friends the bad guys that isn't good that's not good you see Cameron start to mull this over in his head and think it's important Dylan, it's for your dad. It's what we got to do. That's what we came here to do. Keep your dad out of it. If she gives them whatever, you know, the nuclear launch codes or whatever, we're trying to stop her from giving them, then your dad gets caught up. And that's the mission. Hold those honey buns for me. Yeah, yeah. Payment upon completion. looks one more time back at your dad and then looks at you. Alright. And he turns, walks out the door. She's gonna go sit back down next to her dad. He looks over and like starts to reach for another honey bun. Slaps his hand. Ah! Damn it. You've had enough, sir. I'm cutting you off. All right. Can I eat some in the morning? Maybe. We'll talk. Zach. Y'all. You're at the door and you're starting to morph. Are you going out and going down? Yeah. um, Is it an open stairway? You're at the top. If you go down, there's a landing. And then if you turn left and then left again, there's another landing going down. So an open stairway as far as that, there's nothing in the stairway and you can only see to the landing. Is there a central channel that goes straight down that's just air? Like inside of a a spiral? Or is it... Yes, you can look down and and see. Uh, If I can parkour down, like just down to the next flight, I'm going to do that. Yeah, you can do that. And I'm going to pop in through the door below and start looking around for a power supply big on-off switch. Savannah, you see a Harry Zack bust in through the door of, your, of the room you're in next to the door where you heard the voices. What are you doing? 
Oh, I'm looking for a power supply? I don't know yeah, if this it's is in right. speak or not. I think it's in the box right behind me. This is what I'm doing. You're supposed to be helping Axe He told me to come down here. All right, flip the switch while I hold the door and try to figure out how to block these people from coming up to you guys. You, you want my help? No. Well, Max kicked me off the computer. I've been, I don't know, I was fucking it up. All right, so you're not allowed to touch the computer anymore? That's today anyway, I guess. Savannah points out to where, kind of where the door is. Yeah, she's gonna bust the door open. Grab where this like little indention is and you manage to push your fingers through and pull it and start to bend it. It's not all the way open yet, but like the top part's bent down. You can look inside and you see inside there is one big switch, Frankenstein switch behind this panel. It says telescope power above it. Looks like he's got it. He's pulled half of the of the panel off. But it looks like he's making progress on this particular thing. Yes. Lock the door behind me. Do not let anybody get up to Axe if they get past me. She's gonna go through the next door, still morphing. Maybe, you know, looking creepy as fuck. You are starting to look creepy. Your ears are getting big. Van, you're going alone? Why are you going by yourself? Because we're going... I'm going to try and lead them away from you guys. I'm going to try and cover you guys so you can get this shit done. Okay. And then, like, under his breath, he goes, you're the leader. Savannah, they must be at the bottom of the stairwell. They sound like they're right there. Your ears have started to get bigger, and, like, as your trunk comes out, it was skin colored, your regular skin color. It is starting to uh, turn gray. Zach, you are getting really furry and your cheeks are starting to puff up and your hands are getting bigger. I'm continuing to morph, like really trying to pour the speed on and getting this door open so I can get the switch. And you concentrate to try to speed your morph up. It kind of actually feels like it's going a little slower than normal. I'm pulling this, pulling this door open. You pull it. It doesn't come all the way off, but you get it to where it's hanging enough that you can, you can flip the switch. You hear as the box behind it starts to power up and you see like these little green lights within the box, like a bar graph green lights up all the way up. You see these gears that decorate the outside of this server box start to spin, but you know, it's just aesthetic. It's just for the looks. It's not really doing anything. Somebody here is really into steampunk. It's really geared towards the tech heads. <laughs> I am going to try to be not, I'm like not rushing down the stairs, right? I'm standing at the top, but I have like a really strange malformed trunk, which can get up to seven feet in length. Austin, take that into account. <laughs> uh, but I'm just going to be making creepy ass fucking noises. Like I'm going to be starting to like trumpet, but not like an elephant. Like I'm trying to make it grow. Like I'm basically like I'm a cryptid and you should run. I haunt this tower and you should leave. So yeah, you start making these noises and like you do see like 
the light that kind of is shining from, for some reason, the bottom of those steps is shining on them, creating a silhouette on the wall that's in front of you both. You see it stop. And you hear, what the hell is that? What's that noise? I don't know. Is it a ghost? There's no such thing as ghosts, you idiot. Well, what is it? Dylan, after a, a little while more of waiting, a nurse opens up the door and she looks down at her chart and she says, Dylan. <coughs> yeah, Dylan pops right up. Your dad as well. You see a honey bun fall out of his uh, back pocket. <laughs> Get them all. Oh. Waste not, want not. Yeah. We are in these. Yes. Picks them up. She's like, I need at least seven of them, though. I ate one, you ate one, and... Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay, sweet. Puts one in his pocket. Don't short me. Don't short me, old man. Look, you still got... Nine? Eight. This makes eight. If I take this one, you have eight. All right. All right. I'm watching you. Yeah. Uh, can you two please come on? Uh, so, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And she starts tonight. walking toward the door. And they take you back. The doctor comes in 10 minutes later and he's kind of looking over your cut. He says, uh, it's not too deep. Um, we clean it and just put a bandage on it. Should start to heal. You'll be fine in a couple of days, a week. Don't even notice it. How distracted is Dylan's dad when they pull back the sleeve of her shirt? Pretty distracted. All right, cool, 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 cool. He's on his phone a lot. He seems to have something else going on at the same time. Awesome. All right. She's like, sweet. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it wasn't, I, I didn't, it's just that it was a bird that did it. So I was concerned for poop talons, you know? Uh, and he does look up at poop talons. That is so gross. Doc, does she have does she have a poop scratch? Uh, he's, uh, he's this guy's really robust and got some big belly and rosy cheeks and a beard. And he's bald and he has hair on top, but his hair is bright red. Yeah. He says, oh. Yeah, she should. She doesn't have a poop scratch. It can happen, though. I've heard it. Okay. Mm hmm. I told you. Told you, poop scratch. Real thing. Thanks, Dr. Klaus. No problem. Hey. Yeah. Uh, that is my name. I figured. Yeah. Duh. So, have you been a, a good girl other than this scratch? Uh, oh, super none of your business. You're right. Please don't report me. It'll be my second strike. Oh, wow, I thought we were cracking jokes, but um, now no, I'm just weirded out. Thanks. No, that was... We're, uh, workshop it some more. All right, workshop it. Give it some more work. Shop work. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you got that joke. Yeah, but she should be all good to go. Uh, there's a mild and over-the-counter antibiotic that you can use. 
Cool. Have, take, have a good rest and call, call me in the morning. You don't have to. You're discharged. It's fine. I mean, after they do the bandage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cleaning uh, and yeah. Yes. Thanks. Yeah, I might report this guy, she says, looking at her dad and not at the doctor. She's not. He's not into you. Yeah, he looks up at the guy. He said, yeah, we're... Dude, you're gone. I don't know what you're doing here. You're lucky. You're lucky I don't get in your face right now the way you're talking to my daughter. Calm down, boy. Alright. He takes a bite of a honey bun. I'll just leave you guys. How many? Oh my god. <laughs> Stop eating them. They're good. Alright. This is it. I know I wasn't supposed to have it, but you were distracted. Dr. Klaus leaves the room. A nurse comes in. She cleans your your wound, bandages you up, does that little thing at the end where she kind of smacks you, slaps you on your arm gently and says, all right, you're good to go. Ow. And also, thank you. Here's your discharge papers. Dylan takes them and hands them to, to dad and like starts taking the honey buns from him. You cannot be trusted. You're right. It's my weakness. <sighs> Take me home, old man. Um, Actually, I did the Uber thing. I got one coming here. I'm going to try to still make it up to work. You Can you take the car home? Did you... you? When did you... When did you even... Okay, do you want me to take you to work? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how late I'm going to be there. You know that I can, like, drop you off, right? Like, it's not... I don't have to stay like I'm four. You want to spend the rest... Do you know how traffic is? You want to spend the rest of your night taking your old man to work? Oh, do I want to spend the rest of my night driving my new car? No, Dad, you're right. That would be ridiculous. Uh, all right. I don't have any. Yeah, sure. Let's go. Awesome. Uh, try to hurry. Don't speed. Wear your seatbelt. Come on. She just looks at him like he's ridiculous. <laughs> hey. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. We literally. Okay. Yep. We just literally came to the hospital for a potential poop scratch. I agree. Better safe than sorry. She's just like carrying the honey buns in her arms. Yeah, and you guys get back to the car, get in the car, and head out on your way to the observatory. Traffic still pretty backed up. Dylan's gonna intentionally take at least one wrong turn. Uh, you put your turn signal on to take the wrong turn, and he says, "No, no, Dylan, this way, this way." Oh, right. Yep. Okay. Absolutely going slow and then like randomly tapping the brake, even though she's like four car lengths behind the next car. Dylan, did you? You had a practice. It's really, it's, the brakes are really, they're touchy. They're really, um, they're grabby. Not used to it yet. Yeah, this is going to give me whiplash. Only because your bones are so old. Oh. Well, turn left here. 
back at the observatory. So right now these silhouettes seem to be stopped. And you're making scary ghost noises. Yes, I am. And I will continue to do so. As your noises continue, you hear one of the voices say, Look, man, ghosts are not... I'm not going up there. Uh, let's call security. Fine. You hear the, do- the door close towards the bottom of the steps. Cool. Um, uh, so I, I'm pretty sure they're gone based on what I'm hearing, yeah? After a second, you don't hear them talking anymore. I'm going to give it a little more time. And I'm going to slowly start descending these stairs. And you get to that landing and see the stairs that go down even further. There's a door at the bottom. If you look through that door, you can't see the bottom of the steps. You just see that there are steps that go down. You can't see to the bottom of them yet. So, like, I'm basically just still in the turns of the staircase. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna keep going. You get down to this door. There is a window in it that you can see through now. And when you look out, you do see it's more steps. At this door, it does lead to a landing at the bottom. Um, and when you look out, you see it's small. Maybe a five foot by five foot space. You go out of the door and you can turn right to a hallway. There is a window um, at the bottom of this staircase that looks outside. Outside, outside? Outside, outside. And the door is right in front of you. For my ground level? Uh, you see the ground in, at a distance. Right, right. As you kind of look out and look at the window, you see that you are on a stairwell still, but you it looks like you're probably going down to the second floor. And that kind of corroborates what I saw when I was, like, circling the building as a bird and everything? Uh, yeah. Okay. This door, it's... You don't have fingers. The raptor handle and I've got a trunk. I'm, I'm golden. And as you get through here, it is a hallway that leads down about another 20 feet. And there's another door at the end of the hallway on the right. Okay. I want to go through this door, turn around, try to lock it. Uh, The one that you're in front of at the moment? Yeah, like the one that I'm kind of passing through to get to this hallway. So on the side that you're on, it has the, the part that you can kind of lock and then shut the door. On the other side is a keyhole. If you locked it and walked through, somebody would have to have a key to go up it. That's what I was hoping for. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. I'll take away your mean condition now. Finally. Now I get a, a bonus to charisma. Perfect. Yeah, no, I'm going to lock that door as I'm walking through it and lock it behind me. You shut the door and uh, now you are locked on that side. And real quick, we'll jump to Zach. Okay. Uh, I am finishing my morph. It doesn't seem to be moving any faster, but you do feel like you've passed the threshold for one that you can thought speak now, and for two that you can use uh, your orangutan stats, but still take disadvantage. I will attempt to give Max inspiration again, checking in with him, making sure he's he's doing well, and it just I don't know, just being encouraging. Being a wholesome friend. You're encouraging him, but he's like, okay, please leave me to my work. I cannot concentrate with constant talk in my head. Hey man, 
you, you're gonna, I just know that you're gonna do so good. Thank you. You're really gonna, I know you've got it. You really, you're gonna do a great job. Yes. And I, I know that you're the best person for it. No one is smarter than you at this kind of stuff, so. We'll add that inspiration to this one because you won't forget how. Okay, I have successfully installed the East Brakes transponder. I will begin to work on Dylan's dad's file now. You got it, man. It's gonna be amazing. If I can, now I can use a reaction and use infectious inspiration to give Savannah inspiration because she is within 60 feet and can hear me. You know what, Van, you're the right person for this job too. You're definitely gonna, I'm just, again, being a wholesome friend. That's... Are you mocking me? No, oh, come on, Van. You know when I'm using my serious voice. And I'm just gonna stand in the hallway with my arms crossed and try to get bulkier. For a second, it seems like you speed it up and then it's like, oh, no. Boo. So Zach's internal monologue is just, you suck, you idiot, you're so stupid. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I, I, that traffic is, I, you know, I don't know what you want me to do. It's... There's nothing we can do. I should probably just... It seems like almost everything went wrong tonight to keep me away from getting to work, but... I don't know. Part of life. Maybe it's like a sign. Maybe you weren't supposed to be there. A sign. Yeah, it could be. I just hope that they still, you know, give me a chance. I hope Michelle comes through. But if not, we'll figure it out. Yep. Maybe there'll be another chance. Yeah. Probably. Probably smiles oh watch out Dylan she slams on the brake <sighs> see see you distract me oh my god you guys keep moving and it is slow going Guess what I'm going to do? Go to the door. Go to the door. Go to the door. You see more steps going down that seem to lead to another door with a landing on the outside of it. Cool. When I go through this door. Go through this door. There's a lock on it? There's a lock on <laughs> Great. it. Great. You know I'm locking that shit. Locked. You get to the bottom door. There's a lock on it. And now, at this point, I'm... On the final landing between the second and the first floor. You are on what you think to be the landing from the third floor to the second floor. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to keep going. You haven't got to a landing, like a floor yet. You just got to a, a hallway. And at this door you're at, you look and you see it's another hallway that leads right. I'm keeping on, keeping on until I get down to that second floor. And locking all the doors behind locking you? Locking all the doors behind me. So the next one that is important is the very next door you get to. It's another door that leads to a hallway, but the, you don't see any steps. Just a hallway with doors on either side of it. You guys can tell that I don't play D&D a lot because I haven't checked any one of these doors for traps. Like a plant or seats and stuff at the end of a hallway. Uh, these 
these things right here on either side are doors. There are those seats and plants at the end, but there is a door at the end. There is a door at the end. I would like to see what's through. You said these side ones are doors? Yes. Yeah, cool. Can I check that? Can I listen? Can I look? Yes. Can I feel? Both. All of them. Oh, well, you can feel If there's any you. subsonic things going on through the ground, I will know. Romeo perception check. Okie dokie. Hey. Huh? What if I didn't like that and wanted to reroll that? Can you do that? Yeah, I can. How, how do you do that? How do I do that? I do that through clear, bright line. You also have inspiration. Yeah, true. That's a very, very dirty 20. The dirtiest. Filthy. <laughs> Gross. What you're looking into through these doors is what looks like, almost like a waiting room. Um, so as you look in the room, you see two other doors as you hear one close. And as you hear one close, you see a woman walk out. She comes out here, walks over here. It's like a little desk with some uh, sheets of paper on it. And she starts to kind of thumb through them. She puts them back down and you see her pull out her phone and she's texting. She kind of smiles as she turns her back to the door. And when I'm looking into these rooms, there's doors within these. You do see these two doors inside this room. You've been, for one, to the observatory before. You've probably never been up here. It, it just looks like a waiting room, like a, almost like a doctor's office or a dentist's office. These doors seem like they go to other rooms. And this is like a central room for this area. Would I think at this point that this is the last sort of bottlenecked area I could be before there would be multiple potentially multiple entry points from different doors and things. You think that this door that's at the end of this hallway probably does lead to the first floor and you know, yeah, there's multiple ways to get out, multiple exit points on the first floor. On the first floor, but the second floor, not so much. I just think these are waiting rooms. At least this room you see, this seems like a floor where a lot of the operations might take place as far as maintaining the property or there might be offices in here where some of the researchers do their do their research. It's like the office floor. The billing people work here, the you know finance, HR, this is their floor. Okay, so I just think this is like cubicle land here. I don't think this yes. is... Well, let's continue on this information gathering mission see if just making noises in the hallway will confuse and draw people out and just kind of what'll happen as you're making noises the woman that you saw that's texting she doesn't seem to be turning around so as you kind of peek through and make the noises and are continuing to try to distract zach you're standing in this room um a little bit of time has gone past you've went a little bit further than the halfway point. Savannah's bought you some time. I think I'm just gonna go like, maybe check the other doors in this stairwell and make sure they're locked. So as you, you've locked the door that's in front of you, this is the only other door in here with you that you haven't seen. The other two doors lead to stairwell. I guess I'll just 
Wait, this server rack, does it have a monitor attached? It doesn't. It's ju it just looks like some kind of power box. Is there any other kind of technician's equipment in here? You look around and in one of the corners of the room, there's this little bag that has like a scotch tape sticker over it that says maintenance just on the side of it. I'm gonna dig through the bag. There's tools and shit in there. No like iPad, tablet or anything like that. When you say tools, is it like a wrench or are they diagnostics tools? It's mostly like tools like wrenches and stuff like that. But as you like look around, there is a tablet in there. It's not like an iPad, it's more hefty. It looks like it could do what you need it to do. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna try to um, get into the server itself. Like the, uh, is this, you said it's just a power bank? It is pretty much just a power. I'm gonna get into the, or try to get into the tablet and see what I have access to. What it looks like this might be intended for. Maybe I can, I don't know, do something with the building's security systems or cameras or something. It looks like this is, it reads the diagnostics of things. Tells whether it's working right or not. It doesn't necessarily allow you to influence things. It just like kind of tests it. You being Zach might be able to figure out a way to bypass that and use it for what you need it for. I'm going to take a big old orangutan seat on the floor and prop this tablet up with one of my big hand feet and start trying to get to work. As you all are working on your own separate missions, some more successful than others, Aximili brings up the window screen on the computer, logs into the, the data repository, and starts to work. There's 14 Andalite fingers move across the keyboard. We see the screen flicker as he gets locked out. <sighs> Gives another side and goes over to the panel to the right and begins to work on it. After a while, it manages to bring the screen back up. He goes back to it. He manages to bypass the first security code and we see words going across the screen in the data repository. He seems to concentrate a little bit more, type some more, and we see a whole line and a whole page of code just delete get moved somewhere else, a bunch of screens flash up, and he seems to look satisfied. Minimizes the screen that he's on, takes a deep breath, reaches back up under the console, flicks a switch, and we hear a small hum. And then he looks back at the screen. It goes blank. Maximilian closes all four of his eyes, and he concentrates. And it flickers back on with the face of a confused, suspicious Andalite. As the Andalite on the screen looks back at Axe he says, Hey, who is this? This is a high security link. You're not an authorized sender. State your name and location. My name is Axe Escaruth Estelle. Brother of Elfangor Sirenal Shantul, son of Norlin Sirenal Korath, and Forlay Eskaruth Mahi. The Andalite stares at Aximilian. Elfangor's brother, he wondered. 
What is your location? My location is the planet called Earth. One moment. The Andalite steps away from the screen. A few minutes later, another more burly, thicker Andalite steps in front with the, his eyes scowling. He says, Maximilian is your name. You are a newly appointed warrior aboard the Galaxy Tree. We stopped receiving updates almost a cycle. Where is Prince Elfangor? The galaxy tree was destroyed, my prince. A blade ship emerged from zero space and took us by surprise. Visser 3's blade ship. War Prince Elfangor is... has died in battle. Honorably. He fought the abomination Visser 3 until he drew his last breath. Andalite on screen seems to stir at this a little bit. Readjust his position. Tell me what happened, Aximili. I am afraid I do not know many details. I was given charge of ours. We were confined to the dome as it was ejected from the rest of the ship. The dome fell into Earth's atmosphere and landed in one of their oceans. I... I am the only survivor. The Yerks are here in force. At least one mothership. A blade ship. Numerous bug fighters. I was able to escape the dome with the help of some of the inhabitants of the planet Earth. They're called humans. It's a small resistance. They are the only ones of their kind that know about the Yerks that I have encountered this far. Well, he seems to like pause there for a second. There must be thousands of controllers. And these young humans that rescue me, they fight the Yerks with the morphing technology. And then there's another distinct pause here as Aximili seems to be waiting for the prince to say something now. And then, after just a few seconds, he does. Who gave the humans the Andalite technology? Maximili seems to be either at a loss of words or purposely staying quiet. And the Andalite on the screen starts to talk again. Maximili, once before, an Andalite did what he thought was right. By transferring our technology to a weak, unintelligent species. He did it because he loved traveling through space and he thought everyone should be able to see the stars. An Andalite who has been through the academy and climbed the ranks from heirs to warrior should know his name. Prince Zero. Yes, Prince Zero. He was my first prince long, long ago. And you know exactly what happened because of Ciro's kindness, correct, Ex-Millie? Yes, I do. The 
Andalite on the screen seems to lighten up a little bit in his posture. A war prince who broke the laws would be disgraced, never to be forgiven. Had he been just an heiress, however, or recently risen in a low rank, his transgressions may be overlooked. It is hard to believe that Alfangor was the one to break our laws accidentally, and that would taint his legacy. If it had been, Aximili pauses at this, and he squints his eyes, but he seems to catch on. Then he speaks again. And for the first time, he says the Andalite's name. It was me, Prince Lyrum. I gave the humans the morphing technology. It was not Alfangor. I was alone. I did not know what else to do. Yes, cut off from your prince and newly promoted. Not yet a true warrior, you made a mistake. My sincerest gratitude and your forgiveness. Lyrum kind of pauses at that and looks at the screen and then keeps going. These humans, are they capable? They are, my prince. They are few, but they strike quickly. What do they hope to accomplish? At the moment, we, they, are gathering information. They inconvenience the Gerks every chance they get. They have not gathered many allies yet, but they have infiltrated the Yurk River twice. If even a small fraction of the Andalite fleet made its way here, it would be a great victory with minimal losses. Our fleets are engaged all over the galaxy, many galaxies away. It will be a while before we could reach Earth, and I'm afraid we cannot spare any units. I will have to deny your request at this time. Prince Lyrum, I beg you to reconsider. The humans number in the billions, and they have no idea about the Garrix. They do not have the technology to defend themselves. If they are taken, the Yurk Empire will have won the war. We will not fall to the Jerks. And with only one mothership in the sector, they could not hope to take a planet of that scale. There are more pressing matters at the moment. Prince Lyrum, you must understand, this is the foothold in the war. If we can ally ourselves with the humans and they agree to fight with us, we will have the numbers to defeat the Yurks. Prince Elfangor saw their potential when he gave them the power. I see their potential. Aximili, you have already admitted your folly. Do not try to put this back on your fallen brother. We will send you a retrieval squad, but they will not arrive for six cycles at least. Until then, you are demoted to heirs for your crimes, and you are to resist the Yurks and aid the humans if you get the chance. But do not share any knowledge or technology with them. Is that understood? Aximili stares fiercely at the Andalite on the screen. And he says, Understood, sir. But there is one thing you should know before you make that decision. Aximili, I assure you, there is nothing you can say that can justify our... Maitea Drezalia Alnan is here. There's another pause. You have seen her. 
I have not only seen her, I have spoken to her, nearly crossed blades with her. I could take you to her at this moment where you here with me. Do you know what business she has there? Her father, Prince Lyrum. She wants him. Are you able to watch her? Perhaps. The humans are currently keeping her from working with the enemy. Another pause, and the screen kind of flickers again with the Andalite's face on it. Uh, Aximili stares a little bit more intently at it. And then the Andalite on screen says, This may change things. Now that we have the information, we may act on it. This will be on a need-to-know basis only. It is good to see that even in your darkest hour, you have not let it dull your conviction. I will send someone to deal with her as soon as possible. Stay strong, Endolite. You are part of the bravest warriors in the galaxy. Keep your head held high. Aximili begins the start of sentence and the screen goes blank. And he looks around. Zach and Savannah both get a thought speak message in your head that says, I have covered for Dylan's dad and I have spoke with a war prince. I believe we are finished here except I wish to make one more call. I've got you covered. Aximili goes back to work on the computer and closes his eyes again, stares at the screen. And a second later, another Andalite comes on screen. And this one looks younger. He seems a little chubby for an Andalite. And he has this tussle of hair on his head that just sits there messy and hangs down into his main eyes. And his fierce golden eyes soften and smile the way that Andalite smile as he notices who's on the screen in front of him. Uncle Axe? I've been waiting to hear from you. How's the war? Are you showing the jerks how brave us Andalites are? Aximili looks down from the screen and bows his head to his nephew. And he lowers the top half of his body as well, kind of bowing. The Andalite's eyes on screen go from the Andalite's smile to a confused look and then afraid. No. Where's my father, Aximili? My sworn. Saito. I am sorry. He died fighting a viscer. Viscer three. 
the Andalite on screen, his eyes, his, his golden eyes gloss over. And his stalk eyes begin to look around frantically. No, no, my father, no! The screen distorts and Aximili frantically begins pressing keys on the keyboard. The Andalite comes back on screen. Listen, I do not have much time. I'm sorry that you had to hear about your father like this. He fought till the very end, fiercely. His bravery will inspire others. Has inspired others. Aximili, I... The screen distorts again. And with a flicker of all the power in the building, the screen goes blank. Nandalite is gone. Savannah and Zack, you hear in your head. No, 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 come back on. A second later, the lights are still, they start to flicker again. The inferior earth power supplies are overheating. He slams his hands down onto the keyboard. Keys flying. And he turns to face the door in the room he's in. His eyes are now glossed over. His green eyes. I'll kill every jerk in this place! <laughs>